Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. So we're, we're seeing all these things unfolding right now, all these things in Russia and Iran, um, the agreements that our country is working on with Iran right now, uh, the things in Saudi Arabia with China, all these different things going on. And we see, knowing the word and, and reading the prophecies, we know that we're at that time, that we're so close to Jesus coming back. And in that, what my prayer has been is, Lord, what are we to be doing as the church? Well, we can support the the refugees, these people, but as believers every day, what should we be doing? And in praying that, the Lord brought me to the book of Ephesians. So that's where we'll we'll be tonight in Ephesians chapter 5. We'll be going through verses 1 through 21. But uh, that first verse is, is... Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And that's what the Lord has put on my heart for right now, that that, that's what we should be doing more now than ever before, is be imitators of God. So let's read through that real quick here. So chapter 5 of Ephesians. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love, as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, 
giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So in uh, verse 1, as we start this chapter, he tells us to first be imitators of God. And how could we do that? What do we know of the Father that we could be imitators of? Because there are things that we can't quite be imitators of. He's omnipresent, omnipotent. He's perfect, right? But we know he's merciful. In Luke chapter 6, verse 36, it says, Be merciful, just as your Father is also merciful. So I ask you, are you being merciful in your daily life? Am I being merciful in my daily life? Um, being merciful with our kids, with our parents, with our siblings, with our coworkers, with our liberal family members we may not agree with, with our conservative friends we might not agree with, whatever the case is for you. Are you being merciful and patient with them? It's, it's hard to do, but, but are we doing that? Are we keeping that up in our life? We know that God is holy. That's another attribute that we could strive towards, right? In 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 15, when Peter referen- uh, made a reference to the book of Leviticus, he said, Be holy, for I am holy. You also be holy in all of your conduct. We know he's loving, he's kind, he's merciful, yet he's just. Uh, he... He's wise. We can imitate him in, in all these things. We can try to imitate him in all these things, right? In, in verse 2, it tells us, And walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Here he calls Jesus a sweet-smelling aroma. And in, in 2 Corinthians, when Paul wrote his second letter to the, the, book, the people of Corinth, um, in chapter 2, verse 14, he actually called us that sweet-smelling aroma. Um, I'm going to read that from the Christian Standard Bible. I like the way that one lays it out. Um, I'll do that a few times during, during our, our study tonight, because the, the way that one lays it out, I just like the, it explains it really well. So 2 Corinthians, but thanks be to God who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To some, we are an aroma of death leading to death, but to others, an aroma of life leading to life. Who is adequate for these things? So are we affecting those around us um, in, in our own environment, our, in our own neighborhoods, at our own workplaces? Um, are we being seen as an aroma of life leading to life? Um, the Lord tells us to be salt, uh, to be light. And, and notice that all of these things, an aroma, uh, salt, light, they all affect the environment around them. 
Yeah, they don't just exist. They literally affect the environment around them. Um, with light, we see the, the way people act when we have power outages, uh, when the lights go out, the rioting that comes, the looting, the robbing, the stealing, the perverse things that happen in the dark, in the absence of light. And when the light isn't present, it changes the way people act. They tend to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But when it is present, that also changes the way people act. Um, even like we refer to some lights as security lights. Outside of the building, we have lights that work on motion detectors that expose the wrongdoings that people might be wanting to do. And so it changes the way people behave. And as for salt, um, we use it not only to add flavor, but to preserve food, to stifle bacteria, to, to keep away the bad stuff, right, in our food. And again, it keeps away the bad stuff. But another way that it's used, um, another interesting fact about the way we use salt as people, is without salt in our diet, we'll get dehydrated. We, we, we need water, yes, but our bodies use salt and potassium and, and I think it's I wrote chloride, to deliver water to our cells. That's how our bodies deliver the water to our cells. And it's funny how no, some non-believers still say that science and, and the word don't mix. Science and faith don't mix because our God wrote the scientific rules that we're only now discovering. And we see these things like the salt. Uh, we, the more literally we take the Bible, the more we, we get out of it. And we get to be the, the salt. We get to deliver the life-giving water of his word to people. We actually get to do that. So ask again, are, are we affecting people around us in that way? Um, my wife is here tonight, Billy. She's an amazing cook. And my daughter is an amazing baker. She's, she bakes all the time. She's really good at it. And they're, they both had a lot of practice at it, right? But at the same time, they have that intangible gift of a little of this or a little of that. Not recipes, but they just um, add as they see fit. And so there's times that I walk into the house and, and get hit with an aroma that even if I've just eaten, if I just got home and I've just eaten, I still want to taste what I'm smelling. It, it completely changes my, as soon as I walk in the house, I could have had a stressful day. I smell that aroma. It changes my continents immediately. And that's the type of aroma that I want to be for the Father. That's the type of aroma I want us as the church body to be for His people, for our community here in Aurora. We should be affecting our community in that same way, just like the aromas, the salt. He told us to be the salt, be the light. When others are, there are in my presence or in our presence, I want them to long to know more about God. What's making us different? What gives us that peace that makes no sense? Are we in our workplaces and such? Are we being frustrated and being that angry Christian? Or, or are we exuding his love and his peace? 
I want people to, that are in my presence or our presence to be to hunger like that aroma, to hunger for his word, for his wisdom. That's what I pray for you guys, for our body here in Aurora. That's the type of presence I want us to have here in our community. In verse 3, it says, But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, covet, covetousness let, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. So we have an aroma that we're going to put forth either way to the world, right? And it's these things that we're reading about that the world finds attractive. Like, like it said in 2 Corinthians that we are the aroma of death leading unto death to some people. Those people that don't have life, that don't have the Holy Spirit. And these things, filthiness, uh, harsh or crude jokes, it says coarse, coarse adjusting in the New King James Version, right? But crude jokes, talking bad about others, spreading rumors, or even reading and, and listening to rumors about other people. A lot of these things are staples of many people's social media nowadays. Many people's YouTube channels. This is what they thrive on. The aroma that they're looking for. We need to make sure that we're not that. In verse 5 it says, For you know this, for you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. It's, it's weird. It's different, but it's the same an idolater today from what we see in the Old Testament or in the times of Jesus. Uh, if we look up the de definition of idolater, it's the worship of a physical object as a god, right? But the second definition is immoderate attachment or devotion to something. So more than normal attachment to something. That's the way I think Webster's defines idolatry, right? So we all have different things that we do to de-stress or wind down, right? We, we have different things and that's okay. We, it's good to take times to relax, that kind of thing. But I encourage you guys, when you get stressed and you get stressed out and see that you want to just get away, think about it first. What it, is there something I need to take before the Lord? Because if there is, if you have something in your heart that you need to take before the Lord and you don't do that and you just try and get away and get time away to relax, that kind of thing, you're not going to relax. You're going to be focusing on those things that are in your heart that you want to take before the Lord. Today, our idols tend to be things like power, pleasure. For some people, our race, our government, money, a specific person. All of these things can be idols. And it's funny because actually, as we saw in the Old Testament, the little gods, the little Gs, the little statues they make and all that, this is what they represented. So even though they had um, statues and little things like that to, that they would praise and worship, 
That's what these things represented. Gods of money, gods of prosperity, gods of safety in their eyes. So it, it hasn't changed that much, even though we don't have these physical, tangible things, except for when we're idolizing maybe other people or our government, things like that. But it's when we find our contentment in these things, when we find our contentment in, in, in pleasure, in power, that's when it becomes sinful. When we're going to these other things instead of going to God, when we're hurting, when we're stressed out, when we're mad, angry, whatever it might be, and that's when it becomes sin. In verse 6, it says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I have a, a Bible at home that uh, my father-in-law gave us that is the Word for Today Bible. It's a uh, Pastor Chuck Smith. Um, has his commentary in it. And there's a little note next to this verse. And it, it, he, de Pastor Chuck, defines someone deceiving you with empty words as don't let anyone tell you that it isn't a big deal. Any of these things we just read through, it says, it follows it up with, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. That's the way the Lord sees it. To the non-believers, the wrath of God will come down upon them because of these things that sometimes seem insignificant. Verse 7 says, Therefore do not be partakers with them. So yes, those of us have, that have put our faith in Christ were forgiven. And as believers, we shouldn't be involved in anything that the Lord sees as the, the things that he would pour his wrath out upon non-believers because of. So he tells us not to be partakers of this with the unbelievers. Verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Notice there, he doesn't say that we were in darkness, and now we're in light. He literally says, you were darkness, and now you are light. It's so much deeper than that. We're not just in the, the light. If we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we are the light. In it, as he refers to us as the children of light, remember that what that could mean. He, he refers to us as heirs, right? As heirs of the kingdom. In James chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Listen, my beloved brethren. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? He refers to us as heirs, as far as I've seen, at least eight times, if not more, in the New Testament. Um, one of the commentaries that I've seen, Matthew Henry, was referring to the, the word children of light. And he said, according to the Hebrew dialect, those words are for someone who is in a state of light. Not just in the light, but in a state of light, gifted with knowledge and holiness. 
as born-again believers, we're indwelt with his Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised our Savior from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that Peter had when people were getting healed, touching his garment like Jesus. We have that same Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And that's why he says in verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Uh, when Paul wrote to the Roman church, um, he referenced that finding out what is acceptable to the Lord in the book of Romans 2 in chapter 12. Verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not become conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove or that you may discern what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. It's, it's by his word, by his spirit, that we'll be able to discern his, what his perfect and acceptable, good, acceptable and perfect will is for each of our lives, since we're all our own individual, right? As we all walk as children of light. It's only through him and our relationship with him that we could find that, what it is exactly for each of us individually. Verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. As you know, when we're living in the light and according to his word, we're in relationship with the Lord and we're actually living out our lives that way our friends, our family, our, our co-workers that might be living in sin tend to quickly get uncomfortable sometimes when they're in around us, right? I don't know if, if you see that all the time, but when you're really dug into the Lord and pressing into Him, people that are in sin will, will get uncomfortable around you. And we don't need to even be calling out their sin or, or treating them bad in any way. It's the light of the Lord in our lives will expose that sin to them. They'll see that, and that's why they get uncomfortable. We can't be approve of or be involved in their sin in any way. Verse 11 says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It doesn't tell us we need to separate ourselves from them. How else are they going to be exposed to the light? It says that we should have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It's their sin that we can't be approved of, that we can't approve of or be part of. But as we love the person and show them the love of the Lord and allow the Spirit to work through us, that's when doors are going to open for us to be used by the Lord, to be able to maybe even speak into their lives. Verse 12 says, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Again, in the CSB, uh, Christian Standard Bible, it says, everything exposed by the light is made visible. It says it nice that way. Everything exposed by the light is made visible. Verse 14 says, therefore... He says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See that you walk circumspectly or cautiously, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, 
because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Again, he brings us back to that. What's the, what the will of the Lord is? It's, we, see that, we see it in our own lives, but we see it again and again in the Word. Every time he brings something up to us repeatedly, that's important. And that's what he's, he's bringing back to us again. To, he really wants us to get across that we need to seek what the, Lord, what the will of the Lord is for us individually. It always pricks my heart when I read through these verses um, that we walk circumspectly, which means to be careful and consider all circumstances and possible consequences. That's what walking circumspectly means. And he tells us to use our time wisely because the days are evil. Like Jeff said earlier, we need to take advantage of the time we have. The time we have with those kids, the refugee kids, the time we have with our own kids, we shouldn't waste time. We need to take advantage of that time. Especially in the days we're living in. And he follows that up in verse 18 with, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That word dissipation is, uh, in the CSB it's actually, it says, Do not get drunk with wine which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. That's what we see. We see it in, in our lives when we're drunk with wine that it leads to reckless living. Verse 19 says, speak to no one, or <laughs> speak to one another, not speak to no one. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for the things, to, for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of God. He's telling us to encourage one another. Not all of us have the best singing voice. I won't be singing psalms to anyone, but we should be encouraging one another in the Lord, encouraging ourselves in the Lord, in being encouraged by His Word, by His promises, by His will for our lives as we seek what that is for us. You might not always know what your, His will is for your life, especially as you speak, seek direction for specific circumstances or things you're going through in your life as you're seeking Him. But when you're truly seeking Him, when you're regularly in His Word, when you're regularly in prayer, know He's promised us He'll align our will with His own. So then you know when you're truly seeking Him, your decisions will will fall in line with His will when you're truly seeking Him, when you're regularly in prayer and in His Word. We each have different gifts and different roles in, in the body, but His will for each of us, right, is relationship with Him. That's the, the be-all, be end-all. He created us for relationship with Him. And as, as we seek that relationship with Him, there's a lot of ways that we, we, can, we can go there. We can seek that. Like the earlier in verse 9, he references the, the fruit of the Spirit. And he really lays that out in, what is it, uh, Galatians 5, verse 22. 
he lays that he lays that out the fruit of the spirit and that's what we should be seeking in our lives we should be praying for the fruit of the spirit to come forth in our lives to be seen right we should be seeking those things in galatians 5 it lays it out love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control those are the the fruit of the spirit we should be praying for those things to play to play out in our lives that's how we become that aroma that salt and that light when we're seen as this to the people around us when we're seen as as peace loving people people that are going to love on them we should be praying for that daily and and what does it mean to even pray f- for those things what does it sound like S- seeking the lord and saying lord please just let me love on the people let me see them in your eyes let me have your mercy for the people that i don't agree with pour me out lord pour your fill your spirit with me and pour it out onto the people around me all those fruits of the spirit in these times that we're dealing with our light as he tells us we are the light we should be shining brighter than ever our world is so dark right now our light should be shining brighter than ever we should be seen separate as as he says in the word of peculiar people he should we should be separate from the world seen that way as as we close as we close today um if pastor bob wants to come up back up and if there's anyone here tonight that doesn't have that that can't say that i'm seeing these things in my life if you don't know the lord and want to experience in that it it starts with the decision to turn away from your sins to turn away from the things in your life that wouldn't please God with accepting Jesus and what he did for you by dying on the cross raising again 3 days later to defeat sin and death so so we could have that eternal relationship with our father and for those of us that are saved but we're not seeing that come up afterwards there's going to be pastors up here praying prayer team up here praying seek those things for your life seek to see those things uh Isaiah 61:10 says I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness we can't even be righteous it's his righteousness that he lays upon us like a robe but just to give it anyone that opportunity in case there's someone here tonight is there anybody here tonight that wants to take that step just raise your hand and there could be people online or downstairs but if there is in honor of them i just first acknowledge acknowledge that you're a sinner 
acknowledge and, and repent, know and ask the Lord to help you to turn away from your sins. Pray to the Lord that you trust in his son. You trust that he died for you, that he was resurrected again on the third day to pay for your sins and give your life to him from this day going forward. You can do that today. I thank you guys. I pray that the Lord lights a fire within us as a church to continue to be used, like Jeff said, here in our community, like Pastor JJ and Ed have been telling us, even if it is leaving, leaving this nation and going to reach the people that haven't been reached. So I just pray, pray for us. I pray that the Lord just leads us and guides us and brings to fruition that, that fruit, that fruit, fruit of his spirit in our lives. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.